Uh, fellow Seamheads, come on into the porch here. CJ joins me. We had a little B.O.B. edition meeting on the mound, talking Major League Baseball. We get into the Yankees and their torrid start. Also talk some Buckos. You know you're going to get that with me. Uh, College World Series is heating up down there in Omaha, not just the temperatures, but the action on the field. And we're going to be down to maybe the championship series by the end of today. So you guys know what to do. It's in the morning, grab that coffee, fill style. It's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're talking all things baseball. Seam head edition here on the porch. Let's go. CJ, buddy, the boys of summer are back at it and in full force. College World Series has really kind of taken off down there in Omaha. We've talked a good bit about that over the last few weeks, but we've neglected the true boys of summer, the uh, the guys that play in the majors. We're going to get back on that tonight. Um, and, and CJ, I'm going to go ahead and give you as the hitter here the option. You want to go Fox fastball talking about the College World Series, or do we want to – uh, get into some pro talk here first, man. I, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Uh, you know, it, it has been a little while since we've we've talked about the uh, the boys getting getting well paid there. Let's 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 start out with them. Okay, here you and, and I'm assuming you're probably uh, wanting to do this just because your Yankees are the first into 50 wins, right? And uh, doesn't hurt. That's uh, I'm not shocked by uh by your admission and i respect your honesty um cj let's i guess the the team of the the team of the moment the team of the uh the season to this point your yanks um continuing to win i mean another big one tonight versus tampa cole lost the no-no uh they lost the lead no big deal you just find a way to win again that's what you've been doing all year I mean, the fact that the Toronto Blue Jays would at this point in time have the third best record in the American League and are 11 and a half games back of your uh, of your Bombers, I think just tells you all you need to know. Yeah, it, it's been <clears throat> kind of an, an interesting run here in the American League East. You know, you talk about the Yankees and, and how well they've, you know, they've played nine and one in their last 10. Um, and for the Blue Jays, as, as good as they are um, and as well as they've played to be 11 and a half back, I think speaks to kind of the, the start oh, that, that the Yankees yeah. have been on. It's, it's, it's no kidding, CJ. I mean, it's like well, and, Boston, Boston seven and three in their last 10. They're 13 and a half games back and are, and are a good team. Tampa is now 14 back and in fourth. Like, yeah, well, here I, I heard something, and I think it was either Friday or Saturday um, watching uh, the Yankees game. You know, they were up – the division lead was 12, and I think if you added everybody else up combined, it was like 19 games. So the the fact that they've – you can't really say ran, ran away and hid, but they're, they're kind of starting to. Um, oh, oh, no. I, I think you're – you're getting very close into runaway and high territory. Yeah, you are. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You look at it. Toronto, I mean, you got to feel like they're going to 
they're, they're, I mean, they're going to be around in this thing. Who knows with Boston? The funny thing with Tampa Bay is, is right now they can't hit and they've had a bunch of guys hurt. Um, you know, Margot goes down late in this one on kind of a funky play at the wall. So, you know, hopefully he's, it's not too bad. And cause I mean, he's a heck of a ball player and you don't ever want to see anybody hurt that, that you never want that. It's the continual thing with Tampa though, CJ, it's kind of the collection of, I'm not going to say misfit toys, but just peace. They, they don't necessarily do anything or, or look the part of a team. Wow. I've got to be concerned, but yet they continually just find ways to win. Yeah, but I think the, what's hurting them is compared to like last year, the last couple of years, is is they found that you know they scored runs, you know they hit. This year they haven't really done that. They're trying to manufacture runs by stealing bases, which they're towards the bottom of in percentage. So I mean, even the analytics guys down there would tell you, well, we shouldn't be trying to steal bases because we can't do it. But they're kind of stuck in a point now where they don't have a choice. Well, but I mean, I'll also say this from CJ. They're two and eight in their last ten, and they're just now a half game back of being in the playoffs. So, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. The other day, like if the playoffs would have started, you'd have had you know four teams in from the East. I don't see that trend happening because they're going to cannibalize each other by the end of it. It's, but CJ, I, I'll, I'll say this real quick: it's starting to look more and more like that's a possibility. Well, I think it is a little bit of a possibility, but here's the other thing. The White Sox are at some point are going to go on a little bit of a run. And Cleveland and Cleveland's been playing well. Cleveland's been playing well. Minnesota's playing really, you know, pretty solid baseball. Um, you know, so you got to expect those those three are definitely going to be right around in there. Houston's more should win the West. Um, I, I think Houston, I mean, CJ, I'm going to say this. You know, you talk about the Yankees running away and hiding. I think Houston is almost more of a runaway and hide, more of a runaway and hide situation than your Yankees just because the rest of that division is so bad at this point in time. Yeah, so are you, are, are you ready to sell your stock on the Angels? Because you were high on them, and I kept telling you, I want to see it. I want to see it. Uh, I don't know how show high. Me. Hold on now. Hold on, CJ. Let's 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 let's. Oh let's come bring on! You're a show. You're a Shoho Etani apologist. I don't think there's a poly. We don't have to apologize for him. He's a great player. He can't <laughs> pitch in Yankee Stadium. Uh, you, Two we, starts we, there, and he's gotten absolutely rocked in both. As it does speak to the Angels, I, I do want to ask this question because, and I've I've wanted to ask this, and we've gotten kind of caught up in the college baseball World Series stuff. But I wanted to ask you this, and I wanted to get your opinions on it um, because we talked about Otani um, when he pitched in New York, he still got to be DH. But when they pulled him out as a pitcher, he still got to D. He still got to stay in as a DH. They viewed him as two separate positions. How do you feel about that? I have my thoughts, but I wanted to hear yours first. It's, I mean, I, I've always been a big proponent of pitchers needing to hit anyway. But so, but even before this new one, when you pulled a pitcher, he came out of the lineup. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I mean, my, my thing on it is, CJ, if, if we're going to allow the pitcher, if the pitcher is going to hit, and then you want to do, do the maneuvering around to allow – that pitcher once he leaves the game to be the DH. Okay. 
I'm cool with that. But what, what but you, if you're going to you do that, assume? I don't think he should be allowed to, as he's pitching, still be in the lineup as a hitter. Then, then it has to be a double switch, double switch situation. Um, I don't know about that. And, and the reason I, I I'm, I'm not, not what I'm it. saying is I'm not a fan of the fact he gets to be counted as two different positions in the lineup. I don't necessarily think that's fair because he's the only one that that applies to. Well, I mean, th- there are other dudes that are trying to make this happen in certain levels. I think Tampa's even got a guy that they occasionally will do both with. I, I get what you're saying. It's almost like they've kind of made a rule exclusively for Shohei. Um, I mean, my thing is, lo- is if you get pulled that. out, because there's no, like, because you couldn't pull, let's say, judge in center field, pull him out, but keep him in as a DH. Like, you can't do that i just don't understand why it works the other like it works for him i to me i've just never understood it well i mean technically what are you always DHing for right you're DHing for the pitcher so it's it that's why that uh, is allowed to happen as opposed to an everyday player or a position player that's that's the reason that's kind of how the genesis of the dh happened to begin with um i I get where you're coming from, CJ. It seems like it's very exclusive to Shohei. Yeah, it it just yeah. I just I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, I get it, but I'm just like I said, I'm not a massive fan of it. Um, And you know what's funny? All that talk about um, you know Shohei and and kind of for that matter, all the talk about the Angels, as bad as they've been of late, CJ. At the moment, they're still only four and a half out of the wild card. That's kind of what I wanted to get get here with you real quick. When we're talking about playoff contention, is this around the time you start kind of looking at it? We're getting real close to every team getting about to that 70-game mark. Um, there's a sample size now. Uh, you know, we're not technically to the halfway point yet, but – Man, it feels like you can kind of start seeing trends. Are you there yet where you're starting to say, okay, this team's a playoff team, this team's in contention, or do we got to wait a little bit longer for you there? No, I think you're definitely into that, um, you know, because we're, you know, obviously past the midway point in June, um, you know, and we're, you know, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, you know, the trade deadline is is approaching. Um, yeah, it's not far. You know, so I, I think now you have a good sample size um, of teams of, okay, well, they're a contention. Maybe, you know, and even you could say a team, oh, they're a contender, but they need to add a piece, right? Even that still exists for a lot of teams. Um, you know, to me, it's going to be interesting to see who does what, who sells what, because I think there are some teams that are kind of on that line. You know, at what point do you say, all right, you know what, we're 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 going to look towards next year and maybe – get rid of a piece to get something back that'll help us next year. Like, and who are those teams? And I think what you're really going to start to kind of see that round itself up into shape as you get into that first week of July and teams that may be right on the cusp, but go, all right, but if we go all in and still don't make the playoffs and what good did we do? Absolutely. CJ. Yes, CJ. I mean, I'll give you the, the, the example of that that always kind of sticks in my mind. Um, and, 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 <laughs> And we, we remember this from when it happened. I know you'll, you'll probably laugh once I tell you. When the Pirates traded for Chris Archer back at the deadline, I believe it was 2019. Or no, excuse me, back at the deadline. When, when the Pirates traded for Archer back in the deadline of 2018, um, 
that was a move that was well celebrated at the time. They were right there hanging around. You traded a bunch of pieces. Now, I think that's the biggest thing, right? You can't trade away your farm like the Puckers did with Glass now and Meadows, although starting to look less and less like it's going to be the end the end of the world trade. But then Baz is also is a terrible trade. But I get what you're coming from. Our team's going to push all in, give them that one big, one last move they think could really help them. Or do you stand pat? Do you build for the future still within trades? Because you see, you're starting to see that more with teams now. Hey, we think we can sign this guy here for a couple more years after that. I always remember the Scotty Rowland deal that the Cardinals made with him when they got him from Philly. Uh, they got him essentially with team control. Um, I think that's interesting and something that teams will start looking at here as you continue to move a little farther you yeah, know, into June and, and then eventually into July. Yeah, because you know you you say that, and and I think you were right with that. And then you have kind of the other side of it, you know, back in 2016 with Brian Cashman and the Yankees, right? You were kind of hanging in that wild card spot, but they said no. Here's what we're going to do, and they traded you know Chapman to the Cubs, traded Miller, like they they traded away some pieces, got some stuff back, and it actually ended up kind of helping build the core of what now you're seeing in 2022, right? And what the Pirates are seeing is, hey, you know what? Maybe those trades weren't bad. You know, at, at the moment you're like, oh man, but you're starting to kind of see the fruits of that, right? Oh, and I think now not off of that Archer trade though, CJ. You're starting to see some of those moves come back a little bit, right? It's starting to help because I don't know you don't serve yourself well is if you try and go in and make that big splash and let's say make the wild card game and lose, right? It you, it's a much tougher sell to your fan base. Right. And although and CJ, it, I'll say and, this though, so and sometimes if you're in the playoffs, hard. you're in the playoffs. Wild card, True. If you make the wild card game, you make the wild card game. Now granted, you know, um, but here's my thing. If you, if you make the move in for a guy who doesn't have, you know, maybe has one year, like, and that's it then that's a tougher sell, especially if you can't re-sign the guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. But that, you see, and that's, and, but it, cause I think it's, it's getting harder now to trade for guys and have team control it because GMs are a little more apprehensive, right? Especially if they've got a couple of years left, but which is what's going to make what's in Washington really interesting with a guy say like Juan Soto. But here, but here's also the thing on that CJ though, GMs that have the app, know that okay if i trade this guy when he has the team control i get a lot more back so it, it really depends on the situation who's willing to move what when and where and why right um and 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 that's that's the big thing like you know and, and we're getting a little into the weeds here on the, the trade deadline there's still some time left we're oh, yeah, about a month a ago we we've but you're starting to maybe in the reason we kind of this even got kind of brought into the, the periphery here and what we're talking about is because and the only reason this got brought up, you know, and we're starting to talk about the deadline is because we're like, you know, you start to see teams form. You're starting to see kind of trends develop on who looks like they're going to be the teams that are making moves. Um, obviously, CJ, and we'll kind of give a, a brief little rundown here of the American League. Um, obviously, you, um, with the best record, I mean, 746, that's just silly. Um Regardless, the Astros very much um, taking control and commanding that that ass at the moment. I mean, they're nine and a half up on the Angels, ten up on the Rangers, um, kind of doing their thing, and, and, and kind of. Um, I'm not going to say they're not getting the attention the Yankees are getting, 
because they're not 50 and 17, but very solid. And Houston's going to kind of, I think, and this is kind of what they've done of late, CJ. They kind of fly under the radar, right? And then they get to October and they explode. And I wouldn't be shocked to see it again this year. Are, are the Twins the one division leader in, in the American League? You're like, eh, don't, not sure I buy it. Do you still buy the Twins as a contender long term? I think as a contender long term, I still do. Now, whether or not they win that division, that's a completely different conversation for me right now. Um, but I do simply because they do a lot of the little things. They run base as well. They're they're fairly decent, you know, defensively. Um, if, if Bruxton can stay healthy, which has always been kind of the big crux for them. that I like how you combine Byron Buxton together there for Bruxton. I like it. Yeah. Um, if he can stay healthy, which – and I've – you know, they've been really kind of smart with him trying to give him days off, DHing him, you know, trying to take some of the wear and tear off of him. If he stays healthy, yes, this is a team that can contend for a playoff position. He gets hurt, that changes their lineup dramatically. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you I think you're right about that, CJ. I mean, the twins the twins need a healthy bucks in there in the middle, you know. In that lineup, you know, one thing that's interesting though, as good as he is, man, the dude's only hitting 230. Now, granted, 19 homers, you know, 33 runs batted in this year. Uh, and as fast as he is, only one steal. Um, they're yeah, very they've not really been, yeah, um, that's not a bit a big thing for the twins this year. They, <clears throat> as far as you know, base stealing and that kind of thing, that hasn't really been a big MO of theirs, and that kind of stuns me a little with some of the guys that they've got you know i mean correa's got you know above average speed on the base pass buxton um you know Gio Urshela is a guy that could swipe you 15 20 a year so it kind of shocks me you know polanco is another guy that you know has got above average speed that they don't really kind of push the issue a little bit that 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 does shock me out of that team the old the old strange d gordon you know the Stranger Things, D. Gordon, yeah, uh, on that squad as well. No, I'm with you, but but I think it's also the way they stack at bats. They're very interesting. Miranda, uh, Larnich, um, guys that have you know played played in Omaha that we're going to talk about here later. Uh, in years past, starting to kind of show themselves and get up to the show. Um, they did they did drop two or three. With on the road against Arizona, a little concerning for the Twins, but I think you're right, CJ. They're definitely going to contend. I think the thing that's interesting in that NL, excuse me, I think the thing that's interesting in that AL Central is, you know, the teams that are right behind them. The Indians playing some outstanding baseball right now. I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure about that long term. Although Jose Ramirez is absolutely, you know, carrying that squad. And then you've got, you know, the White Sox sitting there at 31 and 33, five back. They have a negative run differential in the season, CJ, of negative 39. They are just such a peculiar team to me right now. I can't figure out what's going on with the Southsiders and why they don't seem to be able to, to really kind of get a streak together, get this thing rolling, and put themselves where they need to be. I guess they kind of did so to get to this point where they're at now. Maybe they just need one more to kind of take it over the top. 
Yeah, this that that has definitely been a team that has has underachieved, and I think his you know we were both talking about them as you know potentially winning that division. You know, we kind of previewed all of this. Um, I just think the fact they're only five back with all this though goes to show, okay, they're right there. Yeah, no, I mean, I I would agree with you on that one. I think. <sighs> You know, and and they've had some guys that have have been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, Tim Anderson. You know, hasn't. You know, he's only played in forty games so far. So I mean, he's missed some games. That hurts. Um, and they just they like I said they they don't seem to be quite getting some of production out of some spots that you would expect. You know, Gavin Sheath was a guy that I expected to be a little bit better than two oh four with. You know four home runs like that's a guy with some serious pop in his bat and he hasn't quite you know been i think what they expected him to be it, it, it's funny cj the white you know, girdell, a... girdell right now couldn't couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat well, it seems I, like i think the thing with the white Sox is the health of some of their their big studs you know um, luis robert in particular tim anderson some of that's not went there with them um, you know, Liam Hendricks on the DL, Lance Lynn's not been what he was last year. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's been a struggle for him. I do want to bring this up there real quick and kind of play a game of would you rather here? A little, little, would you rather, uh, MLB edition here, CJ? Um, would you rather today be the Chicago White Sox in the NL Central or the Philadelphia Phillies in the NL East? Hmm. Phillies are 36 and 32, eight and a half games back of the Mets in that division. They've won seven of the last 10. Uh, at the moment, the Phillies are two back in the National League, a very competitive wild card situation. Um, take, take your pick there, buddy. Who, who would you rather be at this point in time? Yeah, that that one's that one to me is kind of an interesting one. Um, I I'm gonna go. I'd rather right now. I'd rather be the Phillies. The only reason I really say that is they've got some you know some guys that you know will be back soon. They've got pieces um, that they can move, especially in the farm system, to add some stuff to really help push them through. Um, I and they've been playing really well as of late. Yep, them and the Braves both. I mean, Schwarber's been hitting bombs right and left. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you just look at some of the guys that you know that the Phillies have that they can run out there. You know, obviously, everybody knows about Bryce Harper, but you know, Carl um, Schwaber's a fantastic hitter. JT is an argument for one of the best catchers in baseball. I mean. Yeah, they they've got some dudes out there. DD Gregorius, who's got you know big time playoff experience, they should be getting him back here pretty soon. So, actually, DD played yesterday. Okay, so DD is back. Okay, at the shortstop position. Um, You you look at what they've got, and I and I think this speaks. Castellanos is in the middle of that lineup. It's a guy kind of underrated, and Hoskins. Um, The fact that they have Schwarber DHing a lot is is unbelievable and in the leadoff spot for that matter 
Yeah, I mean, he's – well, and I, I think you're starting to see some teams kind of going to that, you know, the leadoff hitter changing a little bit, a guy who can give you a quick one nothing lead um, or, you know, tie the game or, you know, really kind of get you started off with a big hit. Um, that's kind of changed. And I think here's what's kind of interesting for the Phillies, and I, and I hate to say this, the Yankee in me kind of hates this, but – you got to start to wonder if maybe this team and they're a little younger. I mean, they've got some veterans, but they're kind of a younger team. If Girardi just wasn't the voice in the room that was needed, because he's a very strenuous, we're going to do things a certain type of way. And you just got to wonder if maybe that approach doesn't work in this day and age. Of baseball. Um, I, I, I don't know about that. I'm not saying that's. I'm not saying that's it. It's just kind of one of those questions. I think they fire him and they go on a massive run. I just think. I just think it was each team's got a different, different need and a different voice. And honestly, look at who they were playing on the schedule and when they went and they made that change. Girardi could have very easily kept that job, and maybe instead of them winning, you know, double digits, maybe they go eight and two during that stretch. And it's a little more kumbaya. I mean, yeah, and that's and that's possible. And I, you know, I mean, but my thing is, I just, I kind of, it, it's tough to get a gauge on a guy like Girardi because he wins Manager of the Year with the Marlins and it gets canned. He has success in New York, gets canned. Like they they don't renew him; they tell him to go away. And now in Philly, it's kind of been the same thing. It's it, it, He's starting to feel like a guy who maybe wears out his welcome just a little too quick. That's what I was thinking there, CJ. I think he's a guy who expects a lot, demands a lot. And then when you don't get that, um, you know, he gets a little more difficult to work with. And then when you're on a losing streak, um, some of the things that make Joe a little charming or make him kind of a guy players like to play for, maybe not so much. Um at that point in time, I'll make the argument real quick here for the other team that we were talking about here in this situation. And um, CJ, I, man, I think I would still rather be the White Sox. And the reason I say that is I'll take my chances with them. And I think I'd rather be in the AL Central in general, as good as the Twins have played, as good as the Indians are playing. I still get to beat up on the, the Tigers and the Royals. Whereas in the NL East, the Marlins have great pitching. The Nationals have Juan Soto, Josh Bell, and Nelson Cruz in the middle of that lineup, even though they're 24 and 46. And actually, at this point in time, CJ, have the worst record outside of Oakland in the major leagues. Would you have guessed Oakland had the worst record as we stood here today? Um, the only reason I would have is because I was actually looking at it the other day. Um, my my son and I were kind of scrolling down looking at, at some of the records and he pointed it out and I kind of had to double take it because he was like oh Oakland has the worst record and I was like no oh wait yeah they do like because you don't expect that out of Oakland um but I think we kind of saw it coming right we talked about it when they traded Chapman it, it, it felt like a massive kind of overhaul rebuild for them so they were going to be down I just didn't I don't know if I expected 23 and 45 yeah, I don't think we, anybody thought that, but I also think that's partially – you just can't continue to keep doing what they what they do and expect success. Um, CJ, I want to get a couple more would-you-rathers here real quick. Would you rather be the San Francisco Giants sitting three-and-a-half back in the West, 37-29 and 29 overall, or 
the Boston Red Sox, 37 and 31, 13 and a half back. And, and let's kind of take the division part of it out here because the Yankees have done what they've done. It's kind of, to some extent, even an absurd situation. The Giants are holding off right now. The Cardinals by a half game. The Phillies by two games for that final wild card spot in the National League. And Boston at this point in time holding off the Rays by a half game. The White Sox by three and a half in the American League. Who, who would you rather be? Well... Okay, we're gonna, and, we're gonna and, take- and 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 we're gonna take your Yankee colored glasses off here. Let's yeah. let's. You <laughs> no, can answer that, Boston if you really think it's the correct answer. No, it, it, well, see, here's the thing. I'm gonna take those off, and I'm prefacing that because I am still gonna take the Giants, and it has nothing to do with the fact that you know I just I hate that entire city. But here's the reason I say that is because with Boston. I don't know if I'm getting Chris Sale back this year. I don't know if I'm getting a Valdi, but like there's a lot of question marks with them and their pitching and their bullpen that I just you don't know the answers on. Like, are they getting guys back or what's gonna happen there? With the Giants, yeah, you're in a competitive division, but here's what I do know. The Padres right now are kind of playing a little over their skis. I don't now, I don't agree with that. Now, but here's the thing the Padres are not playing be, over their skis. They're they're, well, they're doing they're, exactly well, what they should have done last year. They underachieved last now year. Now you're piling on Tatis is hurt. Now Machado's hurt. Like Machado's got, gonna be back soon. That's a very very quick, probably not even an aisle stint. Now Tatis's injury is a little more concerning, but the pitching's been where it needs to be this year, CJ. So Yeah, I, I mean I'm, I just to me I'm I'd not gonna let you come the, in here and, 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 and throw a bunch of fire here or try and try and well, put out the fire on the Padres. Well, but and I mean, and here here's the reality of it. I'd I'd rather be them knowing kind of what the NL looks like as a whole and finding a way into that wild card. I just hmm. I feel like that's a better position because, you, yeah, the NL East is is probably going to fight itself off, but you're gonna but the Mets. Braves and Phillies are probably going to cannibalize each other to some extent. We've talked about the Marlins. They've got really good pitching. I mean, to be under 500 by five games and still have a plus 13 run differential tells you how good their pitching staff has been. So they're probably going to knock some, you know, they're, they're going to trip some people up here and there. You know, the Pirates are playing really well right now. Um, they're going to trip some people up. The Cardinals are who the Cardinals are. Milwaukee, strangely enough, lost 13 in a row with the arms they have, which was ridiculously stupid. But I just, you know, and I I just I would feel a lot more confident being the Giants and knowing where I sit and what's in the NL and what's there than I would Boston, where two of your top line starters are may or may not be here this this year, which is becoming a normal for Chris Sale. I mean, I hate to say it, but the guy ever since he's gotten there outside of one year has been hurt a bunch. There's just a lot of uncertainty surrounding that team, and you put him in the AL, especially the AL East, that has been extremely deep. I mean, because don't kid yourself, the Orioles are not a completely horrible baseball team. They're under 500, but they're still finding ways to beat teams. They're they're going to get a little bit of play here in, in our last uh, Would You Rather, CJ. Um, I, I'm going to tell you this, though, real quick. I think the National League's a little more crowded, right? The Dodgers, at the moment, barely ahead of the, the Padres. The Padres and Dodgers seem to be playing really well. The, the Braves firing out. The Phillies playing well. The 
the Milwaukee Brewers and the Cardinals. I mean, battling it out for first place this yeah, week. Yeah, but yeah, but the Giants have, I think, more I, pieces to be able to go add to help I, crucial. But I, I don't know about that. Farms just and, kind of depleted at the moment. I don't know if they've got the chips to push well, in on and, somebody. And you and you can say that, CJ. But I watched the Giants with my own eyes this weekend in Pittsburgh, and they don't have anybody. I'm sitting there with uh, as a team that's you know below well below 500 now after the the long losing streak. Um, and, and they didn't scare me, right? I mean, yeah, Jock Peterson didn't play that day that I was at the game, and he's a big, big bat in that lineup, and Belt's okay, but Belt's not what he once was. Crawford's still a professional hitter. Don't get me wrong. The Giants are a damn good team and a, and a team that I would take in a heartbeat, but I don't think they're as good as they've been. I think they could definitely fall off due to the, the age of some of these guys. That could happen to them. I do like Boston's young pitching. I like the core that they have. I think they started off very slow and are starting to pick it up. I'm just saying, don't discount the Red Sox here. I think I'd rather be them right now than the Giants, although the Giants are playing some good baseball, CJ. So, final, would you rather? And you brought them up. The Baltimore Orioles or... And you know what? We're throwing three teams into this mix, CJ. The Miami Marlins or my Pittsburgh Pirates. Who would you rather be? You know what? Screw it. We'll throw one more D here on this ABCD choice here. Cincinnati Reds. <clears throat> okay, see, this This is kind of a tough one because I, there, there's a couple, of, a couple of really good answers that could, could be here, right? I'd agree. I'd agree. You've you got to reason your way through this one. As much as I like the way the Orioles have been playing yeah, and they're playing I, I, better I, baseball, that division's so tough. You don't want to yeah, be the Orioles. Yeah, as good as Rushman's been coming up. Yeah, this, that's, yeah, they won 30 games this year. It took them 92 last year to do it. They're 30 and 38. All great stories. I'd rather not be in the American League. So then it, it leads you to the to the National League squads here, CJ. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean that was the Marlins against the, the Orioles yeah. just because of the division that they're in. Yeah. Uh, the Marlins, who great pitching, like we've heard, you know, all year. They have the best record of these teams. The Pirates, I think we're seeing a lot of good young talent coming up here. And yeah, they had the the long, you know, nine game losing streak, which kind of hurt them. They were twenty four and twenty eight. And now they now are twenty seven and thirty nine. But you saw the day the debut this season for O'Neill Cruz today. Uh, they got another guy in, in, in Bly Madrid who came up. Um, I mean, Jack Sawinski hit three home runs there on Sunday and, and a walk off, leading all National League players in home runs. Bucko's got some talent coming up, and you know what? I'll give the Reds a little bit of love. Ever since that start, they've been much much better. Although kind of on a slide here of late. Um, but they've got some good young pitching. So who would you rather be of those three teams, CJ? I know you're going to take your Pirates. So I'm going to kind of make the reasoning here for, for the Marlins. Now, one other quick question in your reasoning. You do realize you got to take on the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies year in and year out. Whereas eventually you think Milwaukee will probably fade. They don't have the money that those other franchises have. Now, the Cardinals are still the Cardinals, so you got to keep that in the equation, but just, just something to think about. Uh, correct. That is that is something to think about. But here, here's kind of my reasoning with the Marlins is 
look at them as a totality. <clears throat> They've got the third best farm system according to you know all all the rankings that they do as far as like the prospects and all of that. So they've got a ton of young talent now. Can you develop so, it? You so got to be able to develop it. And I, and I give that okay. And the Pirates do too. I think the Pirates I think were fifth or sixth. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's really it's tomato tomato. Correct. Yeah, you're, you you're splitting hairs. You're, you're, yeah, you're splitting hairs on that. But here's the thing that I really do like about the Marlins. They've got really good pitching. Guys are fairly young, but even they're now they're young position players. Yeah, they're getting a ton of time at the majors now. That can only kind of help bring them. Um, Their GM, um, Kim, I think is a very bright baseball mind. I think she's starting to kind of – she's getting her feet wet. It's going to take her a little bit of time. But here's the other thing, too, that I really like with them, and you talked about the division. Yeah, you still have the Mets, okay, but let's be real. DeGrom, not always healthy. So now, you he's coming back and now the Grom is coming back and maybe, maybe, maybe there's no guarantee on that. They've already pushed his date back twice. There's no guarantee on that. Scherzer's getting older. I'm sorry. Scherzer's on the back half of his career. He's got one, two years tops. Left. Oh, CJ, we're, we might have to, we might have to green light special that one right there. We might have to keep that one really um, in the, uh, in the arsenal to play. Cause I doubt Mad Max has only got two more years left, buddy. He's still got a lot left in the tank. And I think he set the tone early for him. He's on a rehab start this week. You let him come back. I think you pair him with what they've already got. I think we're going to see. You're telling me a guy at 37 still on the prime of his career. Not saying he's in the prime. But what I am going to tell you is, is that I still expect Max Scherzer to do some special things when he gets the baseball this summer. Yeah, this year. But what I'm saying to you is, is that's not a guy I'm going to have to face for the next decade. Well, but look at Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright pushing 40, right? I mean, yeah, but Adam Wainwright was never a guy like, see, here's the difference, though. You talk about a guy like Scherzer. Scherzer's always been, he's that prototypical power horse. It, it, you got to find a way to evolve, and sometimes that's hard to do. But, but, and, and just to say this, Scherzer has evolved, CJ. One trick, but he, he can get guys out a lot of different ways. He, he has, but what I'm saying at 37, he's in the you're, twilight. You're, question, but, you're but, questioning. But so but, you, you like the Marlins because you think that the Mets are going to kind of fade with that pitching. I, I think the Mets you, are going to kind of kind of fade. Let's see. You know, obviously the the Braves are set up to be around for a little bit, and you know who really knows with the Phillies they their ownership group can get a little squirrely. Let's well, just I, be I, real. And I think the Phillies have so much money in a lot of these contracts that the Marlins are definitely set up better for success for longer down the road. Um, yeah, I mean, Alcantara is phenomenal, and Max Meyer is a great, great young arm. And then you also throw in Rodgers, who, if he can get back to what he was, is, is a great left-handed, absolute stud in that rotation. And then finally, Sixto Sanchez. Who knows? But, I mean, I remember watching him absolutely shut down the Cubbies in that COVID year playoff series uh to get to advance them into the to, you know to the semifinals in the national league he still has that in there if he ever comes back so i get where you're coming with the marlins and they've got the pitching that the pirates don't have but the pirates cj 
have the position players, I think, that are coming up that have a lot of youth and are very talented. Um, Sawinski, Cruz, Reynolds, Hayes. Man, I tell you what, that team is going to be something here maybe a year and a half from now. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I'm with you, and I like I said, need some pitching though. Like that, as that good as Contreras has been, he's just not. You need yeah, more pitching. And, need more pitching. Yeah, and like Keller's said, getting better. That, that kind of felt like a one A one B type of answer, um, just because a the divisions they're in, and b I think the way those divisions are are, are tailored, right? Because the Brewers are going to have some decisions to make here pretty soon. Um, you know, obviously the Cardinals are going to be who the Cardinals are, but. At the same time, you're you're still going to have some things to replace. Yachty Molina's on the back half of his career, you know. So I mean, speaking they, of Yachty, you saw him pitch, right? I did. <laughs> it was wild. Back, I mean, think about it. Back to back Sundays, the Cardinals had Yachty and Pools pitching. That was incredible. What they've done this year has been incredible too, man. I mean, I, the Cardinals have been great. Like, I give them a lot of credit. Like they, they just they don't seem to die and they always seem to pick up right where they leave off like Gorman and, and Donovan. Like I, I was so- shocked by watching Donovan play and I'm like, Oh, that's not Arenado. What? Like, I mean, man, I, I think, I think the Cardinals are a sneaky team to watch in the national league to win it all. But I mean, the pitching's not there like it has been, but yet they still find ways to win. They do, and I think a lot of that when you talk about, you know, the, the pitching not being there, and I think you're you're really head on with that is, but I think that also speaks to how good Alina is behind the plate in calling games, getting yep. getting the best best out of those guys. And I think you've seen a lot of that. And I think to me, that to me is almost one of the most underrated positions on the diamond you know, is, is, can you trust your guy behind the plate? Does he know what's going on? And I think that's been a huge difference for, for a lot of teams. Um, you know, St. Louis, obviously, um, you know, it's hurt Toronto. I mean, as well as they've played, how badly do they miss a guy like Jensen behind the plate? They could use him. And, you know, it's, it's funny, even guys that you don't necessarily see the stat line from, um, Earlier this year, Roberto Perez was having a pretty good little early campaign for the Pirates. Gets hurt in Cincinnati. Not saying the team has completely fallen off. They actually had some a nice little stretch after that, but it's affected them. You yeah. know, well, look, look at Atlanta. They got Darnold back. They're starting to play better baseball. I think that's what makes the Mets even more incredible what they've done because they've done that without McCann at this point in time. Yeah, and I think that that's been I think kind of impressive because if they haven't now. You know, you got the kind of the quality of the arms they do. I think that you can kind of shield that a little bit. But, you know, I think that's also been a huge turnaround, you know, for the Yankees, too. You think about it, you know, Sanchez became a liability back there. Trevino's not a guy who with his bat's going to absolutely kill you, even though he's he's starting to, you know, he, he's hitting fairly decently. But what he's been able to do, we talked about it going into the year, right? It was Garrett Cole and a bunch of question marks. And he's turned that staff into a really decent one because of his ability to catch and call games. And I think that's that's huge for teams that really want to push down the stretches. Do you have a guy behind the plate who not only can call games, but you can trust if you got to bury one, you know, he's not going to do something stupid. And he's, you know, he he's completely engaged in everything going on. Cole and the question marks. I think that's interesting and in how the question marks have kind of just re- risen this year, and Cole's been great as well. Um, 
to doing what he's done. CJ, I yeah, know let you me want... ask you this as a Pirates fan. Yeah. How surprised are you? And because you did see a lot more of him before a lot of people did, and a guy like Jamison Tyone. Not shocked. Uh, and as we like to call him at Power Park, Jamison Taloney. Um, <laughs> uh, they messed that up pronunciation wise. And I, I was quick to, uh, to, to get him on, on track. I'm not shocked. He has good stuff. He's got good control. Just had some injuries. Um, I, I've always liked Jameson Tyon. Um, he's got the makeup, has kind of that, that slow heartbeat in big situations. Not, not shocked to see him doing as well as he's done at all. Yeah, I mean, because I don't think a lot of people really understood how good his stuff was because I, I don't think a lot of people tune into Pirates games unless you're from the area. Yep, or during that three-year run. Um, yeah. They'll, they'll be back. Um, uh, and I think we're about – and CJ, I think we've talked a lot about them, but I will bring this up real quick. It feels a lot like it did right before that three-year run again right now. And I think that's what should be exciting for some Pirates fans. So, CJ, right, you know, talking about a three-year run, some of these teams here in Omaha need about a three-day run of, uh, of, of great baseball. Let's get into the bracket here real quickly here, buddy. What we've seen, we're going to be brief with this. We're going to come back later on in the week once we know a little bit more. But what we do know, CJ, is two of the, I think the two top favorites in the betting market gone uh, within two, within, you know, two games. And that's Stanford, the two seed, my, my Cardinal, who I was tooting their horn, more so to host a regional than anything else. Um, but they're gone. They lost to Auburn today, six to two, and then Texas bounced on uh, Sunday. Kind of got their ass kicked. A&M put it on them, ten to two. Give me your thoughts on those two teams being gone, CJ from the field. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a a little bit of a shock um, to kind of see you know Stanford and Texas both gone. Um, you know, I really felt like, you know, maybe Texas could have hung in there a little bit longer just because you know, we had talked about what they had. Um, but, you know, you, you see Hanson. All the to, offense in the world down there in Texas. I mean, yeah, well, and then, you know, you open it up with, with Hanson and he gets absolutely rocked by the Irish. Um, you know, hats off to Notre Dame. I mean, they played extremely well and just, you know, jumped all over him. But it was... I got to come back at some of the, the, the Texas haters on Twitter and be like, well, that 38th trip was a short one. Have a nice flight back to Austin. Um, it was around. very short. You know, and I think part of the reason why is Melendez and Steely were kind of shut down in these College World Series. Yeah, I mean, Melendez were. goes over four in the big elimination game uh, versus AM. And then, you know, in, in the game there uh, against, you know, against. Notre Dame. I mean, he had one hit. I mean, Texas did not did not get the run production that, that you thought they were going to get. And like you said, Hanson got kind of lit up like a Christmas tree there. I mean, he didn't even make it out of the fifth um, and gave up six earned runs. Yeah. And, and got so, blitzed right off the start, too. I mean, it was one nothing with a home run right before he blinked. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Texas didn't have – a much better showing um, the second day either. And yeah, I mean, you got to, I mean, a, and A&M is a, is, is a very good ball club, but I mean, 
your starter Gordon for Texas last an inning and two thirds and gives up four runs. Like you just kind of had a feeling like, Oh, their, their stay is going to be short. Um, yeah. I think the surprise for me was Stanford because they scored four runs in two games. Yeah. It wasn't quite what you were expecting out of that offense. That's for sure. I mean, with guys as good and as productive as Jones and Graham Barrera and Montgomery and Bowser have been all year and kind of the way they got in there, you know, with the comeback against uh, Texas state to even make it to the super and then kind of dominating, you know, and I think what happened, you know, today in particular, they threw Matthews out there and he got lit up in the beginning. He needed to be, he needed to be good in, um, you know, and it's tough for, for Esker, and, and his crew because he's been so good at Stanford for so long yet has not been able to to kind of um find a way yet to really bring home the bring home the big the big wins in the tournament um CJ let's let's real quickly here kind of chronologically look back from this from the games that were kind of started off the tournament there on Friday and Saturday did you have a game that that most kind of jumped out to you was it Oklahoma beating A&M was it Notre Dame beating, you know, winning seven to three versus Texas? Was it the Arkansas blowout or was it Old Miss and Auburn? I mean, I have my answer, but what was your kind of your biggest statement from round one? You know, there's a lot of ways to go for me. Um, just uh, Oklahoma just continuing to put up just video game numbers offensively. Um, you know, coming out again, scoring 13 runs against a pretty decent pitching staff that A&M has. Um, they yeah, like to call themselves the Davids, you know? Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we talked about the Sooners and how hot they had been, um, and they show absolutely no signs of really cooling down. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a Graham and Treadway show, and when they're doing what they've been doing, it, it, it changes the whole game. But also, I'll tell you this, too. Horton, man, and the way he pitched on Sunday night against the Irish was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, just the way Oklahoma, like like I said, they're on a run that just does not seem like it, it's going to end anytime soon. It just, to me, as the lights have gotten brighter, it just feels like this team has gotten better. They have. I mean, Ben and Horton have been phenomenal. Um and, and now, you know, CJ, they, they get to kind of uh, – they get to kind of wait. And, and they get an opportunity to kind of figure out, you know, who, who that next opponent's going to be. Um, and, and I'm not so sure if I'm on that hot streak Oklahoma's on. I'm not so sure I want to be sitting and waiting. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the reality of it is they, they have to wait now at least until Wednesday. Um, and, and they're going to get the winner of tomorrow's – or we should say today, I guess, uh, elimination game between Notre Dame and Texas A&M. Do you have a lean in that one, CJ, based off what we've seen to this point? I've got mine. Um, and also, real quickly, the team that made the biggest statement was Ole Miss. And the way DeLuca pitched on Saturday night and the way they came out and scored those runs, those three runs in the first inning with Graham and Elko doing what they did and then what Elko did today against uh, Arkansas, they're the team making the statement, but uh, go ahead and answer that question there for me <laughs> about who you want A and M or Notre Dame. I had to get that in there about the Rebs. A and M Notre Dame that should be be a pretty good one. Um, I'm going to lean A and M because I think they want Oklahoma again. I, I think they want want another shot at that. 
Um, so I think that's kind of in the forefront of their mind. Um, you know, Notre Dame's had a very, very good run um, to this point. Um, but I'm starting to kind of wonder if maybe Notre Dame's leaning a little heavily on um, Jack Brannigan. Brannigan. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal. But, I mean, they, they're, they're going to have to get some contributions from, from some other places. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's been a brain is one of them. I mean, you, he's 8 of 29 right now. Like, he's he's going to have to really give some some help in that lineup. Yeah, I think you're right about LeMan. Uh, LeMan, I mean, he had the big home run there that you thought might have gotten the Irish back into the game there on Sunday night, um, but was not enough uh, for him. Carter Putz has, has been a guy who's who's kind of been good for him um, to this point. I mean, you know, hitting ten for thirty-two with two homers, six RBIs. Um, he's been he's been very good and very tough. And he was the only guy who got a hit for him there for the longest time there on Sunday night. Everybody else was hitless, and he had gotten three hits and three trips uh, to the plate. So interesting tomorrow at two two o'clock. It's going to be hot, hot as can be. Although the weather's supposedly changing there, CJ. It's supposed to get cool down a touch from the hundred and five degrees that it had been um, during those day games. That's miserable. Uh, I would hate to be the team that's playing in those those day elimination games, especially if the other team, you know, let's say A and M puts a quick four spot on your Notre Dame, and it's hundred and five degrees, and you're trying to hit something. That's you know, that's absolutely filthy. Like what A and M is going to bring out of that bullpen? It'd be interesting to see who gets up 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 in this game today, because um, I think it's very crucial to who wins. CJ, who do you like in Arkansas and Auburn? That's going to be kind of another kind of. I mean, I don't think you can pick a winner there. I mean, I think Auburn's got a better bullpen, but I also think Arkansas, just after the way they got beat today. I know they held back McCarthy to throw him to, you know, in, in potentially an elimination type situation. Well, they've got it now. Um, but man, these are two SEC West rivals. They know each other. Well, I don't have a lean there. Yeah, I really don't either. Um, yeah. I mean, cause that, that's a tough one to handicap. Um, I mean, Sunny D and, and Cade Foster and Auburn, they really kind of got the bats rolling there in the sixth inning today. Could that be a sign of things to come? Maybe you bring Gonzalez back here eventually. He threw the ball well. I just didn't get any run support because how good DeLuca was. Yeah, so I, that's going to be kind of the interesting thing um, on that. And this is this is what kind of makes this matchup kind of interesting is, is the fact that you've got two SEC West rival. I mean, they know each other so well at this point. Um, they've seen each other a bunch. Um, that's what's going to kind of make this one interesting. It should be really, really good. Um, I just maybe leaning a little Auburn because I feel like maybe they're starting. Maybe they've maybe they've got it figured out, but God, who knows? Yeah, you know, I'm with you, but I I think it it really comes down to in that game between Arkansas and Auburn. I think the team that gets out to the lead and allows their bullpen to uh, to hold it down for them is the one that gets this one done. I like Auburn better if they can get that lead eventually. They've just had some issues scoring and really had the one big inning there uh, this afternoon against Stanford, and then they've struggled against Ole Miss, so that'll be intriguing. And the two teams that are 2-0 there, CJ, the boys from Norman and uh, Ole Miss, 
which team do you feel like has the best chance of making it to that uh, Saturday wraparound series to win the national championship? You know, both teams, um, man, are playing well right now. The hottest teams in the country, I would say. Yeah. Man, that's that 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 that's another tough one because I feel like either way you go could be kind of maybe the right answer. Um, but I do, do maybe a better I, question. Do you think that those two teams will be the teams that play in the in the championship series? Um, I do. Um, you know, the two hottest teams in the country have both been playing extremely well right now. Um, because now at this point, now you've reached a point where somebody's going to have to beat them twice. And I just, that, that seems like kind of a tough, tall ask. Um, I just, Oklahoma, like I said, the way they've been playing, they've been so good. You're right. But as the lights have gotten brighter, they've just they seemed have. to have gotten better. The only thing is they haven't had to use the third pitcher all that often. And I think that'll be intriguing to see how that goes for them. I trust the SEC depth a little bit more. Um, so I like Old Miss of the two a little bit better. Um, and you know what, CJ? I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say Notre Dame or A&M 1 will win that game on Tuesday. They will beat them in in the next game. They'll force that, they'll force that next game. And then I think A&M or Notre Dame 1 will beat Oklahoma. I think they will play Ole Miss. Well, I mean, here's my thing: is is, is somebody it, it, what it's it, there's there's I think two things I want to that I think have to happen, and I'm not so sure either one of them really will, right? Because Oklahoma in this has has always had an inning or two where they hang, you know, a, a big crooked number, you know, whether it's you know three runs or six runs or seven runs. We've seen that, but here's the other thing: we haven't really seen outside of a half inning against Liberty haven't really had to see them play from behind a lot. That's true. They've been very complimentary. They've been very, um, very eager and have played with a lead a ton. Um, you've seen A&M though, and Notre Dame have to come back and win games. I think interesting, CJ. Yeah. To me, that's kind of the interesting thing is that can you get up on Oklahoma and for more than just like half an inning and maybe start to kind of push the pressure the other way, because right now they're, they're hanging those crooked numbers. They're getting out in front and they're making you play catch up and they're shoving the pressure all the other way. And they're playing very loose. Can somebody force it back the other way? And, and, you know, that's an end, can be an individual game situation, but also we know how quickly that can turn on a dime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, Come Wednesday, uh, Oklahoma could be down four nothing, and then all the pressure goes the other way because now you weren't supposed to lose two in a row to not make it to that championship series this weekend. So it'll be very intriguing, buddy. We'll come back in here um, once we get a little a little further down the road. You know, there, and then you know, sometime by the weekend it'll be two. But we'll come in here talk a little bit more about the college world series as the week goes yes yeah, cj i'll tell you what buddy you know i think we uh we might have fooled him again man good morning good afternoon good night uh, college world series just heating up there from the chuck have you heard him call the chuck by the way i have i kind of dig it i love it we'll talk more about that next time but always good to talk some, uh, some college world series some mlb man back to a little bob 
we'll come back later in the week and kind of uh, recap what's happened in Omaha. And then uh, always, you know, maybe the Yankees will have 55 wins again by the time we talk. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe my Buckos will get to 30 by then. But uh, y'all, y'all take it easy. Till next time, y'all. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night.